everybody. Welcome to this uh, podcast. Um, my name's Norman. I'm a member of the Mercy Attacks team. And I thought what I would do is just focus on some of the key highlights that came through as a result of the budget that we had, the spring budget 2023. Clearly, we'd had a lot of announcements made back in September in the mini budget then we had, of course, the autumn statement, of course, reminding us things, various allowances, etc. We're going to be frozen right through to um, 2028. So I'm not going to be dwelling on those. I thought rather let me just focus on the key changes that came through as a result of the, the, the budget. So first of all, pension tax limits. What was this all about? Well, I think really the Chancellor saying, look, we need to encourage those over 50 years old, really, probably to stay in work or even return to work, of course. So what did they tell us? Well, quite simply, the whole idea here being that legislation is going to be introduced in the Spring Finance Bill 23. It's going to take effect from the 6th of April 23. And what is it going to effectively do? Well, quite simply, it will increase the annual allowance from £40,000 to £60,000. On top of that, it will increase the money purchase annual allowance from £4,000 up to £10,000. For those high earners, it will also increase the income level for the tapering of the annual allowance. That will go up £240,000 to 260000 and the legislation will ensure that nobody will actually face a lifetime allowance charge. Additionally, there will be limits. There will limit the maximum someone can claim as a pension commencement lump sum to 25% of the current lifetime allowance. So that comes out to £268,275 unless except where you had previous protections applying and finally it will also change the taxation of the lifetime allowance excess lump sum the serious ill health lump sum the defined benefits lump sum death benefit and the uncrystallized funds lump sum death benefit currently subject to a 55 percent tax charge above the lifetime allowance to taxation, the change will be taxation at an individual's uh, marginal rate. And finally on this, we were told that legislation will be introduced in a future finance bill, really to remove that lifetime allowance from all of the pensions tax legislation. So that's a significant announcement there, that measure in relation to pension tax limits. What else did we learn? Well, rendering void assignments of income tax repayments. This had been of good, good concern, great concern to a number of bodies. And so what, what is it going to do? Well, quite simply, it's going to apply to individuals who are entitled to income tax repayments from the revenue who wish to use, for example, a business, an accountancy firm or an agent to get their repayment, to facilitate their access to a payment repayment. It's also going to affect the facilitation of businesses, accountancy firms and agents. So what does it boil down to? Well, quite simply, it is going to remove a client or a taxpayer's ability to be able to legally assign to a third party their income tax repayment or a right to an income tax repayment. The practical effect of this is quite simply, 
is that assignments of income tax repayments will really have no legal effect and that repayment will remain the property of the taxpayer. And that will be effective. It's effective for assignments of which notice is received by HMRC on or after the 15th of March 23. So a significant change coming through in relation to that. Right, one or two measures in relation to employment tax that were announced. First of all, the reform of the company share option plan. Quite simply, this tax advantage employee share scheme available to UK companies, of course, and their employees. Well, first of all, the employee share options limit that is going to be double. So we're moving from £30,000 to £60,000. And on top of that, the worth having condition. What does that do? Well, quite simply, it limits the types of shares which are eligible for inclusion with the company share option plans. Well, that is biting the dust, quite simply. That is going to be removed. And those changes are going to have effect. Share options granted under company share option schemes on or after the 6th of April 23. But notice as well, existing options granted before the 6th of April 23, yes, they will also be able to benefit from those changes. So, and a reform there of the company share option scheme, the other announcement was to do with the enterprise management incentives, EMI. And what this really boils down to is improvements improvements to the process to grant options. And it's really going to make two simplifications here. First, it gets rid of the requirement for the company to set out within the option agreement the details of any restrictions on those shares, i.e. to be acquired under the option. And secondly, it gets rid of the requirement for the company to declare that an employee has actually signed a working time declaration when they actually issued an EIM or EMI option. It doesn't actually remove the working time requirement itself. And additionally, from the 6th of April 24, the government are going to extend the deadline for notifying an EMI option. That will be from 90 days, 92 days following the grant to the 6th of July following the end of the tax year. And that is going to be legislated separately. Right, couple of measures in relation to business tax. Yes, the increase we know to CT has is going ahead. Absolutely, that was confirmed in the autumn statement. But a key announcement was for capital allowances. As we know, the super deduction, those temporary first year allowances coming to an end at the 31st of March. So what did the government announce? Well, quite simply, for companies, they announced full expensing, i.e. a 100% first-year allowance only applicable to companies here to deduct the cost of qualifying plant machinery from their profits straight away. There's no cap on this, no expenditure limited at all. A qualifying expenditure is going to be most plant machinery, but it must not be secondhand. It's got to be unused. It will not include cars. And what we're talking about here is full expenses is going to be effective for acquisitions on or after the 1st of April 23, but before the 1st of April 26. So we're looking at a three-year period there. 
On top of that, 50% first-year allowance is going to be available for other plants and machinery, which includes your long-life assets and your integral features, the special rate assets, and that is going to operate along similar, similar lines. I would stress this is only available for companies, not available for unincorporated um, businesses. As had previously been announced, the annual investment limit will remain at one million pound. It's not going to reduce, not going to revert back to the 200,000 pound figure. What else was announced? Well, quite a few changes in relation to R&D. Yes, we had draft legislation published on this back in July last year on Legislation Day. And indeed, we had some draft guidance on this that was published just before Christmas as well. But quite simply, let's boil this down. What does it relate to? Well, R&D for expenditure incurred on or after the 1st of April 23, the REDEC credit, the Research and Development Expenditure Credit, that is going to increase from 13% way up to 20%. But the SME additional deduction, that's falling. That's going to plummet from 130% to 86%. And indeed, the SME credit will also decrease from 14.5% down to 10%. But having said that, a higher rate of SME payable credit of 14.5% is going to be applicable to loss-making SMEs, which are R&D intensive. So what does that mean? Well, quite simply, it means your ratio of your company's qualifying R&D expenditure has got to be 40% or above that company's total expenditure for that relevant period. And the Chancellor told us that that equated to receipt of £27 for every £100 of R&D expenditure. Other announced changes to R&D include expanding the definition of qualifying expenditure, that will include the relevant costs of data sets and of cloud computing. And moving forward as well, all claims for R&D are going to have to be made digitally and you're going to have to provide quite a bit more information to HMRC. Companies will also have to notify HMRC that they intend to make a claim for R&D. And that notification must be made within six months of the end of the period of account to which that claim relates. Generally, if they've not made an R&D claim in the previous three years. So effectively, these changes, what do they do? Well, they apply to claims in relation to accounting periods which begin on or after the 1st of April 23, but that additional information form, that is going to be relevant. That's going to be required for claims made on or after the 1st of August 23, presumably because the revenue systems are quite, not quite up to speed at this particular time. So some significant changes there in relation to R&D. One or two other points. Yes, the government were introducing a number of simple simplification measures to the tax system for small businesses. We've had consultations, etc., that have been launched, may well lead to additional reforms, including, for example, expanding the use of the cash basis. And what they're talking about here, subject to consultation, is maybe increasing the threshold so that more unincorporated businesses are eligible for this. In fact, looking at making it the default 
situation here for eligible businesses and relaxing those restrictions on interest costs and loss release. We'll see ultimately where that one goes. Investment zones, well, what they've announced here is a program being launched to encourage investment in 12 high potential knowledge intensive growth clusters across the UK. And really what they've said is expected that eight sites are going to be in England, four across Scotland, Wales and Northern Ireland. And to accompany this, there's going to be a five year tax packages, tax package available. Whole uh, measure of benefits here, which will include SDLT relief, enhanced capital allowances, structures and buildings allowances, and indeed secondary class one NIC reliefs for eligible employers. One or two other announced changes include the reform of film, TV, video games relief, extending the temporary headline uh, rates, the higher headline relates of relief, but um, the theatre tax relief, the orchestra tax relief, museums and galleries relief. So we're talking about that being available up to 31st of March 2025. So a couple of changes announced in respect of that. What else did we learn as a result of the budget? Well, quite simply, in relation to some other matters, childcare is along these lines of, you know, back to work. Major themes in this budget were getting people to enter work, increase their working hours, and extend their working lives. So it included numerous proposals, including childcare. So working parents in England will be able to access 30 hours of free childcare per week for 38 weeks of the year from when their child is nine months old to when they start school. And it is going to be rolled out in stages. On top of that, the government are going to uplift the hourly rate paid to providers that deliver the existing free hours and also change the staff to child ratios for two-year-olds, and that will move from one to four to 1.5. Additionally, startup grants will be provided for new child minders as well. And finally, universal credit claimants. Yes, changes will include increasing the administration or administrative earnings threshold, the minimum amount a person can earn, without actually being asked to meet regularly with their work coach. And that what we're talking about here is from the equivalent of 15 to 18 hours of earnings at the national living wage. And what the government told us is that these changes are actually expected to require over 100,000 additional claimants to actually meet on a more regular basis with a work coach and take active steps to move into work or indeed increase their earnings. So a whole series of announcements clearly announced at the budget. Lots to talk to clients about. We will cover this in depth when we're doing our Finance Act courses, which will probably kick off sort of May, June, July time there. So if you get a chance to attend one of our Finance Act courses, we'll give you a lot more detail on that. Hopefully that's a useful summary for you. Thanks very much for listening. Cheerio from me. Thank you for listening to the Mercia podcast. For more information on this topic, please visit mercia-group.com.